Hi, everybody, and welcome back. As you know, last week we had the uh, amazing privilege of having Vin Giang with us. Um, we'll be talking about this book, The Alchemist, and what it means to be an alchemist in, in our own lives. And we, Vin and I were sharing some stories from each of our experiences with that. And Vin, thank you so much for coming back again this week. I know um, lots of listeners and viewers are going to be, you know, with bated breath because um, we kind of hinted last week, did we not, that we were going to have some magic maybe? Yeah. <laughs> so no pressure, but it'd be wonderful if you yeah. could. Amazing. Well, I, I want you to experience this column. So I'm going to do this for you. Obviously, there's no one else for me to do this for. So column, <laughs> I, I want you to do me a favor, right? So I want you to go to my website and just load it up on another page. So my website is www.vinjiang, so V-I-N-H-G-I-A-N-G.com. Just go there and get it loaded and then come back to me. Okay, all right. Um, do you want to keep talking? Well, what are you, where, yeah. where, you know, what, what are you doing now? Well, I'm doing this. Why don't you tell everybody? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, um, I'm, I'm currently in my garage studio and, and it's funny because this entire COVID situation has forced magicians to even have to innovate the way we do magic. So you all kind of experience whether auditory wise or visually, if you're watching this as well, you get to experience how magicians are doing magic now virtually because it's funny, we, we've all had to innovate and that uh, includes magicians. <laughs> So you're not able, obviously, right now to go and sit in an auditorium with thousands of people at um, IBM? Yeah. Or no, I'm nor do I want to, to be quite honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, but all right. you offer, do you, you're offering conferences then? So yeah, look, I, I, can't, I, I currently do all of my online programs online. So my, I used to have a three-day virtual workshop that I do in person. That's now transitioned to an online experience. I used to do live keynote events for my clients. That's also now transitioned to a online experience. Fantastic. Well done. I like yeah. it, by the way. Um, I'm going to have to go back to um, the podcast I saw where you, you talk about how to set up your studio. Um, yeah. I'm feeling a bit inadequate. My, my lighting's not the same. Ah, yeah, that's okay. Camera and do all that. Okay. I'm on, I'm on the website on my phone. Okay. So leave, leave the site up column and then just kind of come back to me here. I'm here. I just want you to kind of understand that you loaded that website a couple of minutes ago. So whatever is loaded there is loaded there now. Yeah. Column, I want you to think of a playing card in a moment, but don't choose one yet. Okay. Most men tend to go for the ace of clubs. Uh, you know, women often tend to go for the queen of hearts. The next card that people tend to go for is the seven of diamonds. But I don't want you to go for those cards. They're, they're rather common. I want you to think of any particular playing card you want that feels like a free choice. Okay. Do you have one? Yeah. Okay. So for the first time, what is the card you're thinking of? Jack of hearts. And is there a reason why you thought of this card, Colm? Yeah, because hearts represents unconditional love. And you and I are... Well, you're a young man. Um, I'm not so young. So we're a couple of jacks. So oh, I love it. A couple of jacks Brilliant. Well, learning about unconditional love. There you go. Well, what's really Okay, so, so for you, there was a meaning behind it. And what's interesting is you chose that freely. And if you go back to my website now and you have a look, and I want you to scroll down until you see a picture with a green book. There's a, there should be a picture of a green book that you'll see as you scroll down slowly. Oh, yeah, okay. I've got the green book. It says magician. Is it this yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And if you look at my bookmark there, I think you'll notice the bookmark I use is a <laughs> Yeah, the bookmark that I use is a jack of hearts. That's the bookmark that I use. Uh, and I don't know how you did that column. I know. <laughs> you see, so, so again, that, that, that's, 
you know, th that's an example of how magicians have learned how to innovate their craft is, you know, we have to be able to create an experience where, you know, you're sitting over there, uh, you know, where you are halfway across the world and I'm over here. And we still need to be able to create an experience like what you just experienced. So there you go. Hopefully won't be as amazing and as astonishing for the audience members, but I'm glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> well, well, yes. Uh, other than my wife, you're the only other person in the world that can read my mind. So I'm, I, uh, <laughs> she says she knows what I'm going to do even before I do it myself. So. <laughs> my wife has that same ability. How strange. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. She, especially when I do things wrong and she's not even there. She just, she can sense it. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to continue our conversation about alchemy. One of the things that um, we were talking about to some degree is um, the past and also recreating the future. Now you've recreated mm. your future a couple of times. You talked yes. about how a mentor who I'm, I'm going to call an alchemist uh, came into that. But one of the things I want to just briefly touch on is, is another passage that we uh, alluded to um, last time in, in the book, The, the Alchemist. And, and that is when, power, when um, Santiago, the main character, is, is captured by the bandits towards the end of his life. And he goes off outside the camp. He's been challenged to become an alchemist. The, the alchemist, he turns to the alchemist when his life's about to be you know, taken and says, you know, why didn't, why don't you change yourself into, into the wind and save us? Why have I got, why have I got to change myself? And so he says, the alchemist says, because I already am an alchemist. <laughs> I know how to change myself into the wind. This is your big test. And he calls it the big test. This is your, you've got to now prove to yourself that you can tap into the power of the universe, of, of unconditional love. You can speak to the wind. You can speak to the desert. You can commune with the sun. You can commune with the hand that wrote all. And you can perform miracles. Mm. So, um, when you're, when you commit, this is what I'm interested in. When you commit to your shifts and change, something that seems to come across to me, which I, when I heard your last podcast was that you have immense passion, Vin, for what you do. There is no, I know, there's no half measures. With right. You. Is there, <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Yeah, well, well, no, and, and it's because of one of the traits that magic has taught me. Okay. You know, Colin, some of the pieces of sleight of hand that we have to learn, it, it takes you 30, 40, 50 hours to be able to master, some of them hundreds of hours to master. So ma magicians learn something, which, which Raymond Joseph Teller, the magician from Penn and Teller, the one that plays the mute, He's actually, you know, he plays a mute and sometimes you, you, you don't get to hear his wisdom, but in life he's an extremely wise man. And he has a quote where he says, magic is just someone spending more time on something than anybody might reasonably expect. Yeah. And what that quote reveals to us is that, it, I mean, the, under, the message behind that is mastery. So magicians learn that through mastery, through persistence, through repetition, through relentless practice, you can create something extremely astonishing for people to experience. Mm. So with that mindset, and anytime I create something, I kind of apply the same thing. I go, well, I'm creating virtual classes right now. What am I spending time, more time on than anybody might reasonably expect when it comes to teaching online? 
So then it, it helps me get into the right headspace to create something that I believe will be astonishing, which, which hopefully what I'm trying to say to the audience is that magicians are not the only people that can create an astonishing experience for those that they serve. You can too, regardless of what you do. It's just really, you've got to ask yourself the question, what are you spending more time on that? You know, anyone's, anyone would reasonably expect. So I think that's, that's kind of where I got that. That's, you know, where you find me going all in on is, is, is that I, I want to astonish. I don't, I don't want to aim to satisfy. I rather aim to astonish and, and kind of, yeah, magically please you. <laughs> that's amazing. So the virtuoso violinist, the um, yes. virtuoso conductor, the um, incredible artist, the, the Van Goghs of this world and so on. These, these are people who are just completely 100% committed to making an astonishing manifestation of something. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it is. And, and, and I, I bring it back to the turning into wind, you know, when the alchemist told Santiago to turn into wind. To me, the alchemist is asking Santiago to do something astonishing. He's not telling him to walk through the desert. No, because people, you could do that, right? He's, 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 he's pushing him to do something astonishing. And through the process of Santiago sitting there trying to achieve what is impossible, he does something magical in the process. So, so what, what that lesson there taught me that I took away from the book, I remember the, I mean, the first time I read it, I, I, I was 19 and I had the, I don't even think I could see color yet. I, my frontal lobe wasn't developed as a young man. <laughs> I was still part primate. Black and white. So to me, when I read it, yeah, when I read it for the first, I was like, this is ridiculous. But when I read it as an adult, I went, wow, what this shows is that the pursuit of something truly almost ridiculous is important because that's what pushes us to the absolute boundaries of what's possible. And why don't we, why, why don't, you know, 99.9% .9 of the population, no disrespect to, to anyone listening, but why do we hold back from what, what is it that prevents us from, from doing what you just described? Because I, I've, again, I've had exactly the same experience um, in, in my life. Um, whenever I've felt passionate enough about something and wanting to make something, it's you know, I, I throw, people will tell you, I just throw my entire self at it and just mm -hmm. keep doing it. Um, and some of us in, in our chosen extraordinariness um, do have some natural gifts. You're a fabulous speaker, for example, and a, a really great quick thinker, which, you know, obviously is one of your tools in trade. But um, what holds us back? What holds the, the people that you know that have, have not, pursued the course that you've pursued have not dared to become alchemists in their world for want of a phrase. I feel like what holds a lot of us back, including me at times, and I, I, I don't want to give the perception that, you know, I, I have all of this worked out because trust me, Colm, I'm still working things out and, and learning how to live better. Um, but, but what, what I can share with you is that I think it's the stories we tell ourselves again, kind of going back to, we tend to paint our future with, paint from the past. I think the stories that we tell ourselves is very powerful. This is the story that I used to tell myself all the time was that, oh, look, you know, I'm, I'm a son of a refugee family. My family is poor. We don't have that much resources. You know, I'm not very good at school. And if I'm not very good at school, then what that means in this world is that I'm, I'm never going to get a degree. And without a degree, you know, my, my community says without a degree, you're going to become a failure. You, you know, you'll probably be homeless. 
So it was the story that I tell myself. And then I think with the listeners, you know, if you relate to this, think about what story are you telling yourself right now about your life? And you can't paint a future with paint from the past. You, you, you have to think about who you can become. And I think often another reason is that we are so attached to who we are that we don't give the future version of ourselves a chance. You know, and, and I'll add one more if I may. I also think that in every single one of us column, there's a big version of us and a small version of ourselves. You know, the big version of us is that inner child that wants to dream that I'm, I'm able to do this, this, and this. And then there's also the smaller version of ourselves playing it more conservative. Oh, you know what? I probably should stick to this job. I, if I leave it now, it's too risky. And so I think there's two versions of ourselves that exist in all of us, even for the person that's the most jaded person that goes, no, there's no bigger version of me. There is, there is. And it comes to you very quietly. And what, I was, what, what, and what I'm pushing for is that I'm not saying the small version of you is bad. No, no. I'm saying, how about we give the small version of you and the big version of you, both, of, both versions, the equal amount of stage time in life. Whereas I find we tend to give the smaller version of ourselves 95% of stage time. And as a result, you pair the bad stories we tell ourselves and we repeat over and over and again. You combine that with trying to paint the future with paint from the past and you pair that on top of that with, with what I just mentioned before about only allowing the smallest version of yourself to take the stage. I think with these things combined, how can you dream anymore? How can you dream with a smaller version of yourself that is taking paint from the past to try to paint the future? It, it just doesn't work. And especially, yeah, especially if you're spending time with people who are all painting with paint from the past and they're sharing their paint from the past with you. Yeah. You, you've, you've got to find the right people. You've got to update the operating system. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just have to do things before you're ready is what I've discovered. Have you um, seen that little video clip that Will Smith has done recently? Because one of his favorite topics, um, you didn't use the word fear, by the way, which um, is refreshing because everybody you know, uses the word fear. It's, a, it's an overused word, um, including Will Smith has talked a lot about fear. He tells that story of when he got given that gift by his family and friends to, to go sky, skydiving. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, it's a great story. And, but for those of you who haven't heard it, he spends the entire days before, the week before, the night before. He can't sleep because he's just overcome with this fearful dread. You know, he hates height. He cannot bear the thought that he's going to jump out of an airplane. And then when he actually gets in the plane and he's right on the edge of the plane and he's about to jump, and he has, obviously he's got somebody attached to it, so he's not doing it on his own. But you know, he realizes it was like an, an inspirational moment. This is the only moment he actually needed to be fearful. <laughs> He didn't need to worry yes last night or last week because you know it wasn't happening then now it's happening so now and that's how most of us live our lives and in in the story of santiago one of the things that the alchemist tells him is that the the fear that the heart feels mm. is worse than than doing the thing itself and the latest video from will smith he said Okay, I've talked a lot about fear, and a lot of you have come back to me and said, you can't, you're not able to overcome your fear, so I've got a remedy for that. Just do it scared. I love that. Just do it scared. But that's how everybody does it. I mean, if you think people, <laughs> courageous people don't do things in the absence of fear. Courageous people feel the fear and do it anyway. 
So if you feel scared, you've already got one component of the ingredients required to become courageous. If you already feel scared, I mean, being scared and being fearful is actually an ingredient of being courageous. Yeah. So to me, the only ingredient you're missing if you feel scared is action because fear plus action equals courage. So if you feel scared, look, you've got 50% of the ingredients already to be courageous. Just add action. And now in the process, you are courageous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Everybody does it scared. And even if it seems like they don't, it's an illusion. It's not real. No, absolutely. Um, so in your, your life, let's look looking forward um, if, in terms of trying to encourage people to reimagine their futures, uh, which is yeah. what our conversation has been about today. Um, looking forward for you then, are there some new things that you're um, hoping to achieve are you able to uh, tell us a bit about that yeah absolutely colin i mean i mean it's funny right this 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 pandemic has given me a lot of time to think i think a lot of us had been giving a lot of time to think whether we wanted it or not i i thought it was going to be a wonderful and a pleasant experience of oh i can meditate and do all these wonderful things <laughs> however it was extremely stressful and made me filled me with anxiety mm. because I mean, one of the things I've learned is that as an entrepreneur, I tend to, I tend to go, oh, just avoid self, self-examination. Just go, look, once I get another big contract, once I make another X dollars, I'll feel fine. And I, I use these distractions to avoid self-examination. Okay. And through this process, I've become more aware of that. So I'm like, oh, okay, no more distractions. Let's move through this painful process of self-examination. And what I've, I've discovered for me, Colin, what my personal legend is to, to be able to put eloquently because I really can put things eloquently is that my purpose right now in my life is to help those who are invisible become visible hmm. through teaching them how to use their instrument, their voice. I used to be invisible column. Uh, growing up as an Asian kid, I was a chubby little Asian boy that was, uh, you know, never got much attention, never got much attention. And, you know, and I was always invisible to love interests, invisible to friendship groups, invisible to teachers. Okay. And so I really learned how to use my voice. And I, I, I meet so many people across so many people in my path who are absolutely amazing human beings, but because they haven't learned how to use their instrument, their ideas, their vision falls on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. Yes. So my, my wife said quite just, you know, jokingly, cause she plays piano. She goes, you're like, the piano tuner. <laughs> I've dedicated my time. I, you know, I, I, in my top five who I have in my top five right now is you know, I've got a speech pathologist. I've got uh, an opera singer, a vocal coach. And, and I, I have these people because I want to learn how to help people optimize their voice. You know, because I often say to my students, you know, you, you can have beautiful sheet music from Beethoven, but if you play the music poorly, will people perceive it to be the greatest music ever written or not? Yeah. The answer is no, they won't. So as we learn how to play our instrument, we give our vision, we amplify our vision. More and people will hear, more people will buy into it. To clarify here, you're not talking about everybody needs to become a famous public speaker. That's, that's not your... your no, ab absolutely not. I mean, so many people who come to me, I, I have people come to me from the medical industry, doctors and people in the finance industry. Uh, and again, because if you think about this, if you improve the way you use your voice... Where do you use your voice in your life? We literally use it everywhere. So anywhere where you use your voice, you'll notice an improvement. So to me, I often say this column is that 
you know, we, we tend to think about generosity in terms of money. That's the most common way to think about generosity. Then not so common is time. And extremely rare is communication. Be generous with how you communicate. Like Colin, right now I'm talking to you. I, I, I'm giving you my energy. I, I'm ensuring that I'm being generous with my energy and, and kind of my vitality and, and the way I'm using my voice. Whereas I actually can just speak like this to you. And <laughs> imagine I just gave this experience to all of our listeners right now. This yeah. is really easy for me. Well, thank so to me, I a very nice conversation. We'll uh, we'll turn you off now. No. Yeah, but no, but but that's the thing is is that I, I think generosity in form of communication is very important as well. You know, we we breathe life into each other by giving each other uh, or playing a song well to each other. You know, it excites each other, and it, you know we feel more connected. So, so to me, I communication skills and and the ability to to use my instrument has changed my life. And I did that for a living column. I, I spoke at conferences and, you know, I go down and people go, wow, you're amazing. And, you know, I have to, often have to wear a neck brace at the end of these experiences because my head gets so big. But I've now learned that, sure, I, I've, I've somewhat become tired of people telling me I'm amazing. <laughs> um, it's like Doris Day has a soundtrack where she says, you know, the applause becomes old after a while. So, so for me, the applause for me in that sense has become old. And I now want to teach it. Okay. Um, my, my dad named, my, my family named me um, in Chinese is Jing Yong Guang, in Vietnamese is Yang Yin Wang, which essentially means a forever light. And my dad said, you know, your purpose in life, he told me this years ago, it's interesting, he goes, son, your life, your purpose in your life is you're a light source that can't be put out. And there are many people who have candles and their light source has been put out you're here to help light candles that have gone dark. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which was, I was like, wow, that's really beautiful. Um, so, so again, I've kind of adopted that in my life. Uh, I want to be the light for others who are are. in the dark. So there we are. Oh my goodness. You've got a candle there now. This is ridiculous. How serendipitous. There it is. So what you're saying is even in our intimate personal relationships, in yeah. the context of our family, in the context of our extended family, in the context of a sports t- team that we're part of, in, it doesn't in our just with our peers at work makes no difference. What no. you just said can transform the life that we're able to offer others in in each of those circumstances, um, and it's beyond that. I guess if you were to ask me just the same question you know what look, looking to the future uh, mm. where where i i'm not doing uh, voice coaching courses <laughs> but um i have studied it a fair bit as you can probably tell but um, mm. one of the things that i am, am looking to the future is i'm actually trying to give a voice to that child within people <laughs> what i'm encouraging people to do when we mentioned earlier whether it was this episode or the earlier episode where we mm. said that there's the, the little me and the big me, but what something really significant you said is in the big me, that's where the child lived. The yeah. Who wants to have the exciting life, who wants to dream the big dreams. Um, and for many of us, that child has just become this very, very, very small part. Very, and and our, the adult us has gone, you just be, you know, you be quiet, you sit still. I know you're angry or, you know, I know you, you've got a lot of complaints and I'm just not interested. So just be quiet. And mm. 
for many people, um, letting that child have a voice is the breakthrough moment. They know that's when alchemy begins to really kick in and, and stuff begins to happen in the life. Because in the dream, let's get back to where we started, which is the whole concept of the book. Those of you who've read it know that we end up back at the abandoned chapel. So we're coming back to our abandoned chapel in this conversation. <laughs> Um, in the abandoned chapel, Santiago has his original dream. And what I love about what Paolo did with that dream, it's the child who comes to him in the dream. Mm. And it's not the boy child in Santiago, it's a girl child in Santiago. So the, the, the person that the, 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 the character Santiago has quietened and made you know, very small and, and not allowed to, to dream is that feminine aspect of, of his psyche. And it's um, in my book, I talk about how, and, and Carl Jung discusses it at great length, you know, there's the, that, that feminine side of our psyche is the part of us that wants to dream, that, that wants to go on great adventures, that wants to inspire us and wants to inspire the world. And um, one of the things that Santiago has to learn through his journey and through the process of alchemy is to allow unconditional love to release that mm. inner child within so that then, then he can do that. Um, what are you reading at the moment? Have you got a, is, you're, you're an avid reader. You're always learning. Yeah. What, what are you what have you got by the and i just i just wanted to say too colin i loved your summation of what you just said i thought that was that was really nicely put and and i just i just wanted to add to it as well that that i and i think that inner child that you speak of i think that inner child the inner child or, or that, that 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 little child version of ourselves that's where the courageous version of us is kids are not scared my son is three and every day he does things that i'm like why would you do that and it's just it's, it's just amazing to to see the courage that you, the listeners, you, Colm, I have within us when we tap into that inner child more. So I think, you know, to address the fear that we're talking about later, tap into the inner child a little bit and you'll find courage there. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, the book I'm currently reading, uh, a very short book, lovely book. Uh, I've read it once already. I listened to it, then I wanted to read it, is a book called Anything You Want by Derek Sivers. Uh, fantastic little book. Yeah. Colm, again, to, to, to unmask myself a little bit here, I, though I've achieved you know, success in my career, I've failed at life a lot. And in, in terms of, I've pursued career at the sacrifice of family. Uh, I've, I've pursued career at the sacrifice of friends and connection. And, and I, I, I learned that I never knew that with more success comes more sacrifice. I didn't know those two things came hand in hand. I had a very rosy picture of success. I thought, oh, the more success, the happier you will be. And I got to the point where I, I, I got, got this success, but I also sacrificed a damn lot to get there. And I remember my dad saying one thing to me. He just said, um, he goes, uh, <laughs> he, he, he goes all confucius on me all the time. He says, a king that knows the limits to his desires will rule a lifetime. And I, somewhere along the line as a young man, had lost track of my desires. And I had started to become immensely unhappy at the peak of my career. So my book choices right now are about, you know, another book I read was uh, Small Giants. And so I'm reading books that are helping me understand that I'm no longer willing to build my life around my business. 
my business has to build itself around me. Yeah. And I'm no longer afraid of, you know, my friends who are MBA students who come to me and go, Hey Vin, how come you haven't scaled this? How come you haven't scaled that? And my answer now is because I don't want to, <laughs> you know, like having the courage to say that has been quite transformational for me. Whereas before I'm, I'm a bit of a people pleaser. So I'm like, Oh, should I be doing that? Sure. Let's do it. Let's engage and let's scale it. Whereas now I'm like, no. Hmm. That's, that's fabulous. Um, so you're running some workshops. I understand. Have you got some workshops coming up soon? Yes, I do. Thank you for allowing me to even share that. I, I'm running one this October 5th to the 9th. And my, my classes are all online and the two hours a day. Uh, it's highly interactive. And if you, if you think I can't make you feel uncomfortable through Zoom, you're wrong. <laughs> so it's a, it's a highly engaging experience where, where I teach people, you know, the foundations of voice, the foundations of body language, storytelling. And, and again, try to, try to help you play this instrument and, and in the wise words of uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes, who says that, you know, most people have beautiful music inside them, but before they play them, time runs out. So to me, my goal for my students is play the heck out of life so that when you die, you die completely empty inside. <laughs> <laughs> all the tunes have been played, all the songs have been sung. That's it. You basically died a shriveled prune. <laughs> I can testify to that. No, let's not go there. All right. Uh, <laughs> ben, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, oh, mate. Maybe My pleasure. We do it again sometime, maybe. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, anytime I find people who, who, who love this book, and, and now you've just inspired me. I'm going to get your book and I'm going to dive into it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. So, um, everybody, just again, if you didn't catch it on our last episode, uh, it's Vin Yang, V-I-N-H-G-I-A-N-G.com. Uh, you can go to his website. You can subscribe to his workshops there. And the books that we mentioned today were The Alchemist by Paolo Kahlo, if you haven't already read it, and the other book by somebody called Colin Holland called The Secret of the Alchemist. And uh, you can get all of that stuff on Amazon or wherever your favorite bookshop is. Vin, have a fabulous rest of the day. Thank you so much. Um, thank you on behalf of everybody listening. It's been a great inspiration, full of fun and magic. Jack of hearts. I love it. <laughs> How did he do that? How did he do that? All right. Have you never work it out, Colm? No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, every blessing. Thanks. Thanks again. Thanks, everyone.